This is the Do It Scared podcast with Ruth Sukup, episode number 37. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the simple secret to setting resolutions that stick. Welcome to the Do It Scared podcast. I'm your host, Ruth Sukup, and each week on the show, we will talk about how to face your fears, overcome obstacles, and most importantly, how to take action and create a life you love. This episode is brought to you and made possible by the world's very best tool for managing your time and getting your life in order, the Living Well Planner. Created by yours truly, the Living Well Planner is designed to help you organize your time, manage your budget, plan your meals and your to-do list, and crush your goals all in one place. It literally is the tool that keeps me sane every day, and it can absolutely do the same for you. You can find it online at livingwellplanner.com and be sure to use our promo code DOITSCARED to save $10 on your order in our special offer just for podcast listeners. Hey there, and welcome back to the Do It Scared podcast. And not just that, but to one of the last episodes of 2018. As always, my name is Ruth Sukup, and I am the founder of Living Well Spending Less and the Living Well Planner, as well as the founder of Elite Blog Academy and the New York Times bestselling author of five, soon to be six books. And whether you are new and just finding me through this podcast for the very first time, or whether you've known me for a while from Living Well, Spending Less, or Elite Blog Academy, welcome. My hope is that this is a place where you will find new inspiration and motivation to move past the things that are holding you back so that you can create a life you love. In today's episode, we are going to chat about one of my very favorite topics, goal setting. And not just any goals, but setting goals for the new year, which most people refer to as New Year's resolutions. And I know there is a lot of mixed thoughts about New Year's resolutions. Some people love them, some people hate them. Some people think that they are completely arbitrary and stupid and they refuse to participate. Some people totally stress out about them or maybe they just go crazy with all the best of intentions. But when push comes to shove, a lot of people set New Year's resolutions, but not that many people actually follow through on them. But regardless of where you stand on this debate, whether you think New Year's resolutions are awesome or completely arbitrary, I think this episode will still be helpful because we are going to talk about how to set goals or resolutions or whatever you want to call them that you will actually keep and follow through on. And you might not know this about me, but I am going to let my nerd flag fly for a minute and tell you that I am a complete and total New Year's junkie. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I think it's my favorite holiday. There is Just something that I love so much about the idea of a completely fresh start. It is the one time every year that you just get to wipe the slate clean and start over. The old is gone, the new has come, and I find that so incredibly motivating. In fact, come December 26th, the day after Christmas, I am so ready for all things new. I call that week between Christmas and New Year the best week 
ever. And we even celebrate it in our Living Well shop with a huge sale that we call, what else? The Best Week Ever Sale. It is my favorite. But even if you don't get quite as excited as I do about all things New Year, I hope that this episode will be super motivating for you and will also inspire you to maybe consider making some resolutions this year that you will actually follow through on. Because ultimately, that's exactly what this podcast is all about. It's daring to try new things and to be intentional about those things, even when we've fallen short in the past, in order to create a life we love. But courage doesn't mean that we're never afraid. Instead, courage is being scared and taking action anyway, despite our fear. It's putting one foot in front of the other, even if we're not quite sure where the path is going to lead us. Okay, so one more quick thing before we dive into all the practical application of today's episode. As always, I've got a great little download that you can grab that is going to walk you through the practical strategies we'll be talking about today. You can get it along with our show notes by visiting doitscared.com slash episode 37. Once again, to get the show notes and the corresponding download for this episode, simply visit doitscared.com slash episode 37. And while I'm handing out instructions, the other thing I want to do is make sure that I invite you to follow me on Instagram. That is the one place where I share thoughts and inspirations almost every day and the one social media account that I actually manage personally, which means it is also the best place to message me directly with your feedback, comments, and questions. You can find me at at Ruth Sukup. That's R-U-T-H-S-O-U-K-U-P. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's dive in. So like I said, I am kind of a New Year's junkie. I just love, love, love this time of year so much. And the reason I love it so much, I think, is because in my heart of hearts, I am an optimist. And I always believe in the potential of the future. Or maybe it's just because I've made so many mistakes in my life and even in my business that the idea of being able to start completely fresh, to be able to wipe the slate clean and just hit the reset button is so appealing to me. Every year you get to hit the reset button. And that means that no matter what bad stuff happened in 2018, how you failed, how you screwed up, the things that you didn't manage to do, the fights you had, or the disappointments, All of those are in the past. That was last year. And whatever bad stuff happened last year, that doesn't mean you have to carry it into next year. You can choose to start completely fresh. And I just love that. It feels like the most amazing opportunity, a gift really, a brand new year to make it whatever we want it to be. What could be more exciting than that? And while I've always loved this idea of a fresh start come New Year time, I have to admit that I have not always had the best track record when it comes to actually following through on my New Year's resolutions. Oh, don't get me wrong on this. I would definitely set them every year. I'd set lots and lots of goals. I was so excited about this fresh start that I wanted to do it all, all the things. I wanted to get in shape and I wanted to start drinking more water and I wanted to start eating right and I wanted to start budgeting and start going to bed on time and start journaling and whatever else I decided I needed to do. And then the new year would begin and I would start out really strong right out the gate for like the first week or two of January. I would be on 
fire. And then I'd start to lose a little bit of focus and I'd start to slip. And usually by February, all of my amazing intentions had gone right out the window. The excitement was over, the feeling of the fresh start had passed, and I was no longer enthusiastic. And so for many, many years, my New Year's resolutions were just like everyone else's. Platitudes that made me feel good for a few days or a few weeks, but nothing that I could actually look back on a year later and feel like, yes, I totally rocked that goal so hard and I actually got it done this year. And the thing is, that was frustrating to me, really frustrating, because I wanted to be rocking those goals. I wanted to be accomplishing big things in my life. But I could tell that I just wasn't getting clear enough on what I needed to accomplish, and I certainly wasn't doing a good job of staying focused and keeping my big goals top of mind. And it wasn't that I wasn't accomplishing anything in my life or that I wasn't making any progress at all. I was. But it certainly wasn't happening as quickly as I wanted it to, and the progress that I was seeing certainly wasn't as dramatic as I would have liked it to be. I was getting small wins, but I wasn't winning the big fight. And then in 2013, I decided to completely change my strategy towards setting goals. You see, I had actually set my some goals for myself at the beginning of that year, but by the time April rolled around, most of them had fallen by the wayside. But that month, April 2013, was actually a really big month for our family because it was the month when my husband quit his job to become the stay-at-home parent so that I could focus on growing my business full-time. And let me just tell you guys, Suddenly, the pressure of being the primary breadwinner for our family, and not just being the breadwinner, but supporting our entire family through a blog, this thing that I had started from scratch, and this business that I was just making up as I went along. Well, the pressure of that lit a fire under my butt like never before. It was like nothing I had ever felt before. It was that pressure that I just, I had to make this work. Because up until that moment, everything that I had been doing was just for fun. If I failed, well, so what? My husband had a great job and yeah, he didn't like it very much, but we would be fine. It was, it was always the backup. But now, now in April 2013, it was all on me, all of it, not just going to work and collecting a paycheck, but actually figuring out how to make this blogging thing a sustainable business that could continue to support my entire family for the long term. And I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I was terrified. I had never been more scared of anything in my entire life because I had no reason to believe that anything I was doing right at that point, that any of the money that I was making was anything other than a fluke. I was so worried that it could all go away at any minute. And I thought that I was working hard before, and I guess I was, but this was a whole new level of working hard because I thought that if it was all going to go away at any moment, then I better make as much money as fast as I could so that we didn't go broke in the process. 
But it was in that pressure cooker that I realized I needed to do something different with my goals, that I needed to figure out a way to get super focused and stay focused so that I could actually start accomplishing those big things and make more sustainable progress. I needed to start looking at the big picture a little bit more and start doing those big things that were going to move the needle and help support my family rather than just trying to keep up on all the day-to-day busy work. So you know what I did? I created a planner for myself. And let me just say here, I am not a graphic designer. So this planner that I created for, for my own personal use It was pretty basic and it was pretty ugly. I tried to use some cute fonts, but it was not a good looking planner. Thank goodness that I have graphic designers on my team now because they do a much better job than I ever could. But it was a planner that had a page, first of all, for my long-term goals. And then it had some monthly sections that included monthly goals, as well as the month at a glance page and some weekly planning pages and some other pages that were more related to blogging stuff. And then I had the whole thing printed out at Staples and I had the front and back covers laminated and then I had it coil bound. And I can tell you that this one simple thing, this goofy homemade planner that I made for myself was probably the biggest game changer in my entire business and maybe even in my entire life. You see, within two months of starting to use this planner, I literally tripled my revenue. And six months later, after starting to use this homemade planner, I had not only accomplished all of the big goals that I set out to do, but for the first time ever, I felt like I was working towards something that was sustainable and could actually last. I remember going to a conference in October of that year and sharing the progress that I had made with some friends, and they were all completely stunned. They could not believe what had happened in the last six months. And when they asked me what had made the difference, all I could say was that I had changed the way that I was setting goals. So what was it exactly that made all the difference? Well, to be honest, it was making a few incredibly simple but key changes to not just the goals that I set, but how I defined and measured success and how I tracked my progress. So let's talk about these changes one at a time. The first change was to narrow my focus. You see, up to that point, I was one of those people who tended to set really vague, generic-sounding goals that basically covered everything under the sun. They were very flowery and they were very pretty, uh, but they really didn't mean anything. And what's more, I would set a whole bunch of really vague, generic-sounding goals. So let me just read to you because I actually looked it up and happened to find my actual New Year's resolutions for 2013. And this is, I'm not even going to read all of them to you because that would take way too long. This is just a few of my actual New New Year's resolutions in 2013. Organizational. Keep a schedule, plan ahead, and be proactive. Be intentional with time and things. If it doesn't add redeeming value to our lives, I'll let it go. Take 30 minutes each evening to prepare for the following day. That was one goal, by the way. Parental. Parent for the long term, not the short time. Do what is right, not what is easy. Be more intentional, more present, and more patient. Professional. Write. 
Write with passion and abandon. Eliminate comparison, insecurity, the need to please others, and the feeling that it's not enough. Just be real and let the chips fall where they may. Spousal. Be more loving, more patient, more grateful, and more empathetic. Look for the positive instead of pointing out the negative. Personal. Break the computer habit. Set limits for screen time and stick to them. And like I said, (laughs) that was just a handful. The list literally went on and on and on for multiple pages, but it didn't actually say much of anything. Did you notice that? It was just a bunch of fancy sounding platitudes, but there was nothing that specific to grab onto. And because there were so many of them, there was certainly no focus, even if there were a few things that were specific. It might as well have just said, blah, 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 blah. But My husband quit his job in April, and all of a sudden, when I was forced to buckle down and really focus, I realized that I needed to hone in and get a lot more specific about what I wanted to accomplish. And not only that, I needed to limit myself to just a handful of very specific goals instead of having a whole list of generic platitudes that actually meant nothing. And so that's what I did. I sat down and I identified the five things that I knew would move the needle, the five major goals I needed to accomplish by the end of the year in order to take my business to the next level. And so for me in 2013, those included these five things. Number one, secure a book deal with a traditional publisher. Number two, write and self-publish a book of my own. Number three, write a 31-day series on my blog. Number four, speak at a conference. And number five, begin working with brands in a meaningful way. And guess what? I found that once I narrowed my focus, I suddenly became a lot more clear about some of the big things that I needed to do. Instead of spending every day in the weeds, I was setting time aside for bigger projects, things like writing a book proposal, networking with brands, and writing and self-publishing my own book. Before this, those things were just ideas that were floating around in the back of my mind, not things that I was actually serious about. And those things all became game changers in my business. They increased my revenue. They taught me how to launch products, which then completely changed my entire business. They gave me so many opportunities that I would have never had had I not focused and gotten very serious about just a few things. And what I've learned in the year since then is that when it comes to your big goals for the year, narrowing your focus and honing in on your most important goals is super key. That first year, I picked five things, but these days, I forced myself to pick just three major goals for the year, the goals that I call my big three. And the reason for that is simple. When you only have three big goals, it is a lot easier to remember them. So for instance, my big goals for 2018, my three big goals were to launch a podcast, check, to write an amazing book, and to lose 25 pounds. So as you can probably guess, the podcast definitely happened since you're listening to it right now. My Do It Scared book is written, and if I do say so myself, even though it hasn't come out yet, I really think it is pretty amazing. Definitely the best book I've ever written. 
And as I record this episode, I am so close to reaching my goal weight, and I will actually be doing another episode about that very soon, but I feel better than I have in my entire adult life. And you know what? If I had accomplished nothing else this entire year, the fact that I did just those three things is pretty amazing. It is more than enough. So that is the first change to make if you want to start setting goals and resolutions that you will actually keep. Narrow your focus. Don't set a whole bunch of ambiguous goals. Instead, pick just a few very specific things that you really, really want to do. And that actually leads us right into the second change that you'll need to make, which is to pick goals that you actually care about and understand what motivates you. And the thing is, it took me a really long time to connect the dots on this. So bear with me for a minute. But the thing that I have learned about goals and about staying motivated enough to actually follow through on your goals is that your why needs to be bigger than your fear and bigger than your resistance to it. You need to want it more than you are scared of it and more than you don't feel like doing a certain thing. Now, That was certainly true for me in 2013 after my husband had left his job and I became the sole breadwinner for our family. Suddenly, my motivation to do really hard things, things that I probably would have resisted earlier, was super high. My why was not wanting to see my family end up out on the street because I couldn't hack it as a business owner. But what I've learned in the years since is that the more connected I am to the why behind a goal, the more likely I am to follow through. When I try to set goals that I think I'm supposed to do or goals that other people encourage me to do, I am not really all that motivated. Now, maybe that's just my outcast rebel nature, but I do think that no matter what your personality type, it's important to understand what motivates you and what is important to you and to connect that goal to what is most important to you. So that means that if you're more of a people pleaser, you might realize that the thing that motivates you most is the fear of letting other people down. And if that's true, then you need to figure out a way to connect your goal to other people's expectations. If you're a perfectionist or a procrastinator, you might need to be motivated by a hard deadline a hard deadline that's set by somebody else even, something that forces you to take action. If you're a rule follower, you might need a step-by-step plan that has been outlined by somebody else, someone in authority, someone like a coach or a mentor to help you see it through. But pick goals that mean something to you and that you actually care about. They are your goals. And so they have to be something that you actually want to accomplish Otherwise, what's the point? This past year in particular, I've been so reminded of this as I worked my butt off to lose 25 pounds. In fact, it's something that I talked about in depth in episode 11 when I talked about my own body image and self-confidence. Because the thing is, losing weight, guys, it's hard. Maybe for some people it's not hard, but those people aren't usually the ones who need to lose weight. But... For those of us who it is hard, that means that making changes to actually lose the weight, it means making changes that aren't very comfortable. It means saying no to things that I really like, things like Doritos and beer and a warm, crusty loaf of sourdough bread smothered in butter. Oh, bread. But (laughs) 
See what I mean? It's hard because I love Doritos and I love beer and I love bread. Give me the carbs, baby. But that's exactly the problem because for years I watched my weight keep creeping up higher and higher and higher because when push came to shove, I didn't want to give up all of those things that I loved. But this year was different because for me, the biggest reason why it was different was because for that particular goal, I got in touch with my why. I realized that I was feeling so self-conscious and insecure about the amount of weight that I had gained that it was adversely affecting my business and my marriage. I was hiding. I didn't want to be seen in videos or in photographs. I didn't want my husband to see me. I didn't want to do any television interviews. I didn't want anyone to see me. And that is kind of a big deal when you are required to show up to make your business work. But as I sat with my team a year ago last November and we mapped out where we really wanted to go as a company, it was clear to me that I needed to not only get a handle on my weight, but get my self-confidence back so that I could feel good about putting myself out there again. And that, to be perfectly honest, has been my biggest motivation this year. I didn't want to let my team down and I did not want to let my business fail because I am too afraid to buckle down and stop eating Doritos. And it is that why that keeps me going back to the gym three days a week, even though I hate it so much. It is what keeps me running two days a week, even though I really hate that too. It is what keeps me from binging on all of those foods that I love. And like I said a little earlier, I will actually be talking more about my weight loss journey, specifically my journey in the last five months with keto in a couple of weeks in episode 39. So stay tuned for that one. But in the meantime, this is the second change that you'll need to make to improve your resolutions this year. Pick goals you actually care about and then understand what motivates you. The third change that you'll want to make is to get specific and define what success looks like for you. And for this, I like to use my goal crushing worksheet because it really helps me to, first of all, get super clear about what it is that I'm really aiming for and what I want to accomplish, but then also what steps I'll have to take to get there, what potential obstacles I need to be prepared for, and what success actually looks like, and how I'll celebrate. This worksheet is divided into seven sections, all on one page, which correspond with the acronym CRUSH IT. That's C-R-U-S-H-I-T, CRUSH IT. Now, the C stands for claim your target, and that just means knowing what it is that you want to accomplish. The R stands for refine your objective, and this means to get clear and specific about your measures of success, dates, metrics, etc. It's turning your vague goal into something that you can objectively measure. The U then stands for understand your motivation. And this is something that we've already talked about, but it's good to reiterate. Understanding your why and what about this goal really matters to you. The S in our Crush It formula stands for step it out. And this is where you identify all the things that need to happen in order for this goal to be successful. From there, H stands for handle obstacles. This means identifying the potential roadblocks that might trip you up and creating a plan to deal with them before they actually happen. The I stands for implement your plan. 
Now, this means taking action, but also understanding the danger that you face if you don't follow through. And then finally, the T stands for treat yourself. And this is where you identify how you'll celebrate your win, which will then keep you motivated for the next goal. This goal-crushing worksheet is actually found in each monthly section of my Living Well Planner, which I love because I always use it for my top goal each month. However, if you don't use the Living Well Planner, if you want more of these worksheets that you can print out, we also have a PDF version that you can get in our shop at livingwell.shop. And we will also make sure to link to it in our show notes. And the thing is, it might seem weird that a one-page worksheet can do so much, but it really can. It's sort of amazing that way. It's just this really easy, simple, fast way of getting complete clarity about what you are aiming for and what you need to do to get there. So get specific and define what success looks like for you. That is the third change that you'll need to make to improve your resolutions this year. And then the fourth and final step that you'll need to make is to keep your goals top of mind. And this means figuring out what it is going to take to keep them right in front of you throughout the year so that you don't forget about them. Luckily, there are lots of ways that you can do this. For me, I love having them in the front of my planner because I always have them right there in front of me. And then each time I plan my goals for the month, I am careful to make sure that I am working on at least a piece of those big goals for the year. And I talked a lot about the process of breaking down your big goals into an action plan that works in episode 15. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, definitely go back and do that. But some other ways that I like to keep my goals top of mind for the year is to create a desktop background on my computer that has them on there and to also make it the screensaver or the lock screen for my phone. So every time I look at my phone, I see them right there. I know people who write them on their bathroom mirror or who have a big board above their desk or who put a chalkboard up in the living room that lets them see their big goals every day. Or maybe for you, it's sharing your goals with an accountability partner or a life coach or meeting regularly with that person to report your progress. Whatever it is that is going to remind you each and every single day of what you are aiming for, whatever it has to be, just do that. Do everything you can to keep that goal fresh in your mind, the reminder of what you are aiming for. Because make no mistake, you will need the reminder again and again and again and again. As humans, we are constantly distracted, which is why it is so important to not only get clear about where you want to go, but to put some safeguards in place and keep your goal top of mind. You know, New Year's resolutions have become almost a cliche these days. We talk about them. We might even set a few just because we feel like that's what we're supposed to do. But does anyone ever actually accomplish these resolutions? The answer is yes. And this year, you can too. All it takes is a few adjustments to the way you set your goals. First, narrow your focus. Don't set a whole bunch of very broad or very vague goals. Instead, narrow your list down to the three to five things that you really, really want to accomplish this year. The second adjustment you'll need to make is to pick goals that you actually care about and also to understand what motivates you. These are your goals. You need to be clear about what you want and why you want it. 
The third change is to get very specific and define what success looks like to you. For this, I recommend using our goal crushing framework. And then finally, keep those goals top of mind. Put them where you will see them. Keep reminding yourself of what you are aiming for. Okay, guys, so don't forget that if you would like the worksheet that goes along with the podcast that will walk you through the four guidelines that we talked about and help you set resolutions that you will actually stick to this year, you can download it along with our show notes at doitscared.com slash episode 37. Once again, that's doitscared.com slash episode 37. And then before we go, I just want to say, as always, that I love hearing from you. So if you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics that you would like to see addressed on the Do It Scared podcast, please feel free to reach out either via email or just by messaging me on Instagram. And that about does it for this episode of the Do It Scared with Ruth Sukup podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you liked what you heard, you can leave a review on iTunes or better yet, share this episode on your Insta story and tag me just to let me know. If I repost your story, we will send you a Do It Scared t-shirt just for fun. Also, be sure to subscribe either on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you like to listen to be notified of new episodes. And Speaking of upcoming episodes, man, are we finishing this year off with a bang. Be sure to join me next week as we dive even deeper into all things New Year related and chat with mega New York Times bestselling author Gretchen Rubin about habits and goal setting and how to leverage your natural tendencies in order to actually accomplish your goals. She is amazing and has such credible, incredible insights. And I know that this is an episode that is going to blow you away and help you start your new year on the right fit, right foot. That's what I meant to say. In any case, do not miss it. And I will catch you then.